And it's a, a long reading, folks. It's 40 verses long. <laughs> Sorry, but we need to read the whole lot for the context. <laughs> so we read from chapter 14 and verse 1. Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit, in the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesies speaking unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you, except I speak to you either by revelation, or by knowledge, or by prophesying, or by doctrine. And even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. There are, it may be so, many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a foreigner, and he that speaketh shall be a foreigner unto me. Even so, ye forsmuch as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, Seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say, Amen, at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Brethren, be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. In the law it is written, With men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, 
but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. If therefore the whole church be come together into one place, and all speak with tongues, and they come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say, you are mad? But if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest, and so falling down on his face, he will worship God, and report that God is in you of a truth. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Let the prophets speak two or three, and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, then let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophet are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shame for a woman to speak in the church. What came the word of God out from you, or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet, or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. Amen. So that was quite a detailed passage of, of, of understanding, isn't it? <laughs> Um, and when you were a young Christian, you didn't quite get, because you thought prophecy was foretelling the future, yes? Uh, but when the full canon of scripture was complete, the complete revelation we have in the Bible, prophecy turns to teaching. So if you remember that when we're talking about prophesieth, it's teaching. It, it's gone to teaching now. We're teaching the whole counsel and the word of God, because we have it here. All the word of God in his counsel. Uh, <clears throat> now, I don't know about you, I've, when I was a young 17-year-old in a Baptist church, that was my first experience of someone getting up and speaking in tongues. And it greatly disturbed me. <laughs> it uh, ruined my day. It <laughs> and it was a woman who stood up and spoke in tongues. And when she'd finished speaking in tongues, she then interpreted it herself in English. So that was my first experience of it. Now, it's significant, isn't it, that when you're in an assembly like this, or 
usually Baptist churches or evangelical churches, you will not get people standing up speaking in tongues. You don't see it there. Even in some Pentecostal churches, because I know one in Billingham, they don't speak in tongues. So it is very significant that we don't do it. Why don't we do it? <laughs> because the Bible is telling us why we don't do it. Right? The gifts are signs. The gifts of healing were signs. The miracles were signs. The gift of speaking in tongues was a sign. And the Bible clearly states it. A sign to who? Well, first of all, it was a sign to the Jew. The day of Pentecost. Remember the day of Pentecost? Acts chapter 2. And the Holy Spirit came down upon the supernatural gift of speaking in tongues. And it was speaking in a language that they did not learn. That's where the miracle comes in. They were all speaking languages that they didn't actually learn. Because everyone can learn another language, can't we? It is very difficult. I mean, I've got two Romanian friends. I'm trying to learn their language. It's nigh on impossible for me to learn their language. Right. <laughs> and you can't understand them. Because sometimes when I'm with them for lunch and things like that, they'll suddenly go into speaking Romanian with each other. Especially if they have something to say to each other, don't want me to know. But <laughs> so they're speaking in a totally then a foreign language. I haven't a clue what they are talking about. And that's very significant here, what Paul is saying. You know, it's People who are speaking tongues and it doesn't get interpreted. They're just speaking into the air. No one's going to understand what they're saying. And if, if they don't understand what they're saying, they're not being edified by it. They're not being built up, encouraged or comforted by it because they don't understand the saying but it was given at Pentecost that they, they, the Jews heard everyone speak in their own language and that's an amazing miracle isn't it and that's where it comes from and the Bible teaches us that they, they did do this because the Lord says in the Old Testament I will speak to them with strange tongues speaking to the Jews it's a sign to them and also it clearly says where in verse 22 wherefore tongues are for a sign not to them that believe which is us but to them that believe not so we can see, see it clearly can't we and another verse which seals it all up for us really is 1 Corinthians 13 where it says in verse 8 charity never faileth but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Yes? So we don't get revelations anymore, new revelations anymore, because we've got the perfect revelation of God. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Now that, how can you argue with that? You can't, can you really? It's the word of God. If, where there is tongues, they shall cease. And where there is knowledge, it shall vanish away. So what we're talking about in this chapter, it's all about order in the assemblies, yes? The order of gifts in the assemblies. And as we saw, Jim spoke on 1 Corinthians 13, it's love, the ministry of gifts, 
is governed by love. Right? That's the first thing, isn't it? It's the first thing we learn. Whatever we're doing, it's not to glorify ourselves. It's done out of love to the edifying of all the Lord's people in the assembly. That's what it's all about. So it says in verse 1, follow after love. Why? Because love edifies. Love edifies. Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim and your great quest. Earnestly desire and cultivate spiritual endowments. That's the gifts, yes? But the first thing he says, in love. That's very important, isn't it? Now, one of the key words it says in this chapter, and it says it multiple times, is edify, or edifieth. Yes, edifying is very important in the assembly. And that's a strong emphasis that Paul is putting upon this chapter. Someone who stands up and speaks in tongues and no one's understand it, that does not edify. And what we mean by edify, it's an edifice, isn't it? It builds up. You're building up the church. You're building up the assembly. You're encouraging them. You're giving them lots of comfort. You're teaching them the word of God. And that's a wonderful thing, yes? And the more we learn, the better, isn't it? And especially if you're a brand new Christian, you do need solid teaching right from the start, don't you? Because you might think as a teenager, well, I know all of it now, but you don't. <laughs> you, know, you learn things, and we're still learning, aren't we? To this day, we're still learning. And although we get very familiar with the scriptures, because we've been with it for so long, uh, in my case, 40 or 5 years plus, then you get used to the scriptures, but then you have to be careful because you still need the scriptures to speak to you, and it comes across fresh every day. Yes, not stale, but it comes across with freshness, and it's always appropriate to the situation and circumstances we're in. To the Lord. <clears throat> so, he that prophesieth, verse 3 we're up to, he that, he that is teaching, speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. It's the promotion of spiritual growth in the assembly. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, is only edifying himself. It's, no one's getting the benefit from it, but the person who's speaking in an unknown tongue. But he that prophesieth edifieth the assembly. I like to say the assembly rather than church, because I'm used to assembly, but I'll probably keep switching from one to the other as we go on. So it's, it's edifying the assembly. That's what's most important. He says, I would that you all speak with tongues. Because it was a gift, remember, it was a gift given by the Lord. And it's quite apparent that in the early church of Corinth, there were those who had this gift within the assembly of speaking in tongues. But the whole of this chapter seems to teach us this, that there was a problem with it in Corinth. Right? They loved it a bit too much. It was this such wonderful, special gift. I can speak in a, <clears throat> in a language which I've never learned. That is absolutely wonderful. And that's what they wanted to do. 
But Paul was saying, edification is much more important than that gift of tongues. So, <clears throat> something was going on, yes? And it says, God is not the author of confusion. All things to be done decently and in order. So that gives you the clue there that all things were not being done decently in order. And there was a lot of confusion going on. And if you can imagine, if loads of people are standing up speaking in tongues and they're not interpreting it and things like that, then it's going to be absolute chaos, isn't it? And we'll talk about later on as people come into the assembly, unbelievers come in, like at the gospel meeting, unbelievers will come in. If we all start standing up and speaking in some tongue, <laughs> you know, it's going to be absolute chaos. And they are going to say, you are completely mad, aren't they? God is not the author of confusion. So that could happen. Or probably was happening in Corinth. Uh, and the, the rule for the person standing up and speaking in tongues, they have to be able to interpret. Yes? Interpreting is very important. So if there was no interpreter, Paul says they have to keep silent. So if they stood up in, a, in an unknown tongue, and no interpreter, it's not edifying anybody. Keep silent. Yeah. So then it says they have to pray, they can interpret. And then he talks about... <coughs> Verse 7, even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? Right? If you've ever seen an orchestra, we've all seen an orchestra, haven't we? Uh, and when they, when they start off, they're all tuning up, aren't they? When you hear them all tuning up. And it's just a horrible noise as they're all chewing their cellos, violins and everything. It's a screeching noise. <laughs> and you think, oh, I can't understand the melody or nothing of what this music is saying. But as soon as that conductor with his stick taps on that thing, and they start something like Tchaikovsky's Serenade for Strings, if you've ever listened to that, it's absolutely beautiful. And they start doing that in complete melody and harmony, and everyone understands the tune and the beauty of the music. Yeah? But if someone's standing up speaking in tongues, you won't have a clue what they're talking about. There'll be no melody or harmony or nothing. He says, if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who's going to prepare himself for battle? Trumpets had an important part in Israel. It was a warning to them. Trumpets were blown if there was war coming, etc., etc. The army had trumpets, didn't they? They might still have trumpets. But imagine if the, the bugler was supposed to bugle retreat and he said another tune <laughs> give another tune to advance then there's going to be absolute chaos isn't there they're not going to retreat if it doesn't sound the retreat they won't retreat it's an important sound that they hear and know what it means and they'll come back so likewise except ye utter by tongue word is to be easy to be understood how shall it be known what is spoken and you shall speak into the air Right, 
See, it's very detailed, isn't it? There's a lot, lot to take in. Verse 12. Even so ye, for much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. There, that's a wonderful verse, isn't it? There's the key message. Please edify the assembly with your gifts. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. So Paul says, I will pray with the spirit, I will pray with the understanding also. Right? So if someone gets up, as we've done this morning, someone gets up and prays to the Lord, we all hear what that prayer is, and we understand it, do we not? And we say, Amen. Yes. Putting our Amen to what has been said. And if I sing, if we give out a hymn, we sing that hymn with understanding. We understand what the hymn <coughs> is saying, don't we? And we can say Amen to that as well. And we see this taking part in our meetings. Someone's praying, someone's giving out a hymn, someone's reading a scripture. All this edifies. <clears throat> and we'll come to the two to three rule shortly. I will sing with the Spirit, I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, and what that means, bless with the Spirit, is speaking in tongues. How shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say Amen at the giving of thy thanks when he doesn't understand what you're saying? So they can't say Amen to it, can they? It means nothing. And then Paul says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. So Paul had this gift of tongues. But he wasn't very pleased the way this gift was being operated on in the assembly. He said, I'd rather speak five words in my understanding than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. That tells it all, doesn't it? Verse 21 tells us it's for the Jew. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. Yet for all that they will not hear me, saith the Lord. The Jew's still not hearing, are they? Tongues are for a sign. But prophesying, teaching, is for them that believe. So the order of the ministry and the gifts in the local church. If the whole church comes together into one place and all speak with tongues, and they come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, they will say, you are mad. And they'll probably run out as fast as they could, wouldn't they? <laughs> Madness. But if all prophesy, if someone's giving out a word from the scripture, if someone's singing a hymn, giving out a hymn, they can understand that. Unbelievers can understand that when they're coming in. They may be convicted by it and brought to know the Lord by it. How is it then, brethren, when you come together? Every one of you hath a psalm hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation, that all things be done unto edifying. 
If any man speak an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most three, and that by course let one interpret. If there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church. We tend to go by this rule of two or three, don't we? Um, I think the reason is, stop us getting spiritual indigestion. All right? If you get too many people standing up, speaking the word of God, it's too much. Too much can be a bad thing. Yes. So it's two or three. So what would happen if we did four? <laughs> would it be out of order? <laughs> but it's two or three. So you can see where he's coming from, can't you? Some people can stand up. Now, the other thing there is, it says, if someone else is going to say a word or someone's about to say a word and someone else wants to say a word then one sits down one stands up and delivers the word and that's interesting isn't it it's like the houses of parliament you know when they're in the they have a big row of each other don't they but sometimes they'll stand up and say i give way to my learned gentleman and they'll sit down and let them speak so it's a bit similar like that isn't it and when we come together uh, of this exercise you now I have my eyes shut a lot but of course you do you, you're worshipping but you need to keep your eyes open as well for the brethren because if you see them looking through the scripture or looking through the hymn book then they've got an exercise to give out that hymn or read that scripture and therefore you might wait upon them yes I think that's important you wait on each other. And that's good, isn't it? Good to do that. That's the three to one rule. So all may learn and all may be comforted. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Now there is no confusion in our assembly, is there? You all agree with that, don't you? Am I not confusing you? I'm not, am I? <laughs> Please say I'm not confusing you. I'm not. <laughs> no, good. <laughs> so we don't have this problem, do we, that they had in Corinth in those days gone by. Uh, let everything be done decently and in order. That's what it should be like. And we do do things decently and in order. And we're all gifted in different ways. And we keep saying this, each one of you will have a gift. Some might have more than one. But each person will have a gift to exercise before the Lord. And we need to know that, don't we? Not for pride. You just need to know the Lord's saying to it, I have given you that gift. I am expecting you to use that gift. Use it for his glory. So in conclusion, you will never hear anyone speaking in tongues in this assembly. Hopefully. <laughs> As a total stranger comes in, you won't hear it. Uh, but it's, we have a good solid foundation of teaching the word of God from Genesis to Revelation and teaching to build up the saints and edify the saints. There's a lovely verse in Jude 20 which says this. 
But ye, beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith. Make progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Being edified. And that's why it's important to come to the meetings as well. For here you'll get edified and encouraged and built up. And we all need that. We have to feel sorry for Christians who are in isolation from no fault of their own, you know, because they've been persecuted or whatever. And it's very difficult for Christians in isolation to have no one to have fellowship with. But I'm sure the Lord sustains those people in those circumstances. But we can have fellowship one with another. And that is a beautiful thing to have. Yes. And we can meet other Christians and we, we're bonded immediately with other Christians, can't we? Mm-hmm. And have fellowship with one another. Isn't that nice? I know in my personal experience when shut that door Parliament Street when our assembly ended because I was the last one standing and we, <laughs> and we had to shut that door. That was a very awful feeling and experience to go through. Yes. And it was hard, because then I was thinking, where do I get fellowship from now? But the Lord blessed me in bringing me two Christian friends, Romanian friends, into the village that lived just down the road from us, and we've had wonderful fellowship together during that time, uh, and talking about the things of the Lord, and I'm virtually part of their family now as well. That was the Lord bringing in at a time when I needed some fellowship, comfort, encouragement and exhortation. Now I get it here, which is good, but it's a 70 mile round trip to do it. (laughs) So it has its problems. But praise God for all the help grace and love I've received here. Let's give thanks. Our Father, we thank Thee for the Word of God and we thank Thee that the Word of God speaks clearly to us and it speaks clearly to us of the